What's going on, everyone? Welcome to hour number two of a Football Friday edition of Back Your Play with Q. As always, I'm your host, Rich Quinones. Don't forget, check us out on the YouTube channel at Rich Q on QR NFL Talk College Talk from our good friends over at Played Against Sports, 1450 Clements Bridge Road. Our guy, Double B, B Square, Brandon Bell, a great linebacker, standout Penn State, uh, also a former NFL linebacker. We finally tracked him down as we get set. I figured maybe you only wanted to come on when Penn State was like three and zero. So now that they're three and zero, we'll get into Penn State in a couple moments. But uh, good to uh, touch base and wrap with you. Be how you been, brother? I'm good. I'm good, man. Glad to be back on. Appreciate you having me every time. You know, I'm always welcome. No, um, absolutely. And yeah, it's definitely talking Penn State when they're three and zero is definitely a lot easier, more fun than than otherwise. <laughs> so I'm we'll happy. get into them in a second. Let's uh talk a little NFL. Uh, and you know. I think it takes a week or two to kind of get acclimated, right? And and we kind of start to separate some of the teams. I think we'll see it in another week or so, but we'll stick with our backyard in the NFC East right now. Uh, you got the Giants and their offense and nothing against a very good San Francisco team. Uh, Dallas loses digs, but they still are a pretty big uh, favorite. Uh, this weekend as well, 12, 12 and a half. You got a surprise in Washington. And then you got the Philadelphia Eagles who have Tampa Bay on Monday night. I, I get the sense that Eagles fans are getting a little uh, more temperamental than usual looking at the Eagles. So let's start with the NFC East and just kind of overall thoughts on that division. And then we'll kind of highlight what you think of the Eagles thus far. Yeah, I think per usual, the NFC East is going to be – you know, it's going to get mixy. You know, those games are never uh, gimmies for either squad, no matter the records. So when those games come up, that'll be definitely uh, fun to watch. It's kind of hard to tell right now. As you said, the Eagles are not necessarily moving as uh, smoothly, I guess, Eagles fans would want. But that's football. I mean, you can't you can't you have to leave last year in the past. Jalen Hurts keeps talking about it. Uh, that's done with. You know, it's a new season, new roster. Even if it's not changed much, but it's always a new roster. So I believe, I mean, they're still 2-0. So yeah. obviously everyone has kinks, but I think they'll figure it out. But those NFC East games are going to be tough. Washington looks like a formidable competitor right there with the Eagles. Maybe slightly below, but Eagles and Cowboys. So can't sleep in them. Sam Howell, three starts, looking pretty good. The defense, as we know, has been tough the last few years, so. It'd definitely be fun to watch. And the Giants, man, the Giants, your G-man, they got it's got to stay healthy, I think, to even have a shot. But obviously offensive lines, offensive yeah. line stinks, man. I mean, how, how you play college at a high level, right? You you played in the pros. How, how why does it take so long to figure out an offensive line? This is going on like ten plus years, and I'm not giving the quarterback a pass. By the way, I'm not. He didn't play particularly well last night, and I know you have to elevate your teammates, but Man, you know if a line's shaky and you have no Saquon, no Thomas, revamped offensive line, you got to get the quarterback moving around a little bit. It was legs, you know, get the play calling, you know, at least try to establish the run, keep keep these guys honest. Um, I just don't understand why some of these teams in the NFL cannot figure out the offensive line and how to fix those problems going forward. Yeah, it's definitely a question for, you know, management up top. You know, obviously the players get killed, they get shots, coaches and players get, you know, a lot of slack thrown their way. But, you know, when we look at the teams that have had a good run in the last, just forever in any sport, they have a solid foundation mm -hmm. and a built roster through and through at every position. 
And listening to uh, George Kittle last night or the other night on the Thursday night post game, he's talking about how their mentality is just out physical every team. So with that mentality mixed with, you know, the GM and everyone else, they go and find those guys, obviously talented guys that have that mentality and the roster is built to match every single position and player on that team. And you see it on every Sunday. So, that's a great that's a great point not to cut you off but it's a really good point because it's almost like you watch that game last night you see one team was putting on the weight in the weight room I mean they they just physically manhandled the Giants I mean you're talking about guys ripping through tackles whether it was you know Debo Samuels it, you love how he plays but sometimes you're almost like give yourself up a little bit so you don't take some of these unnecessary hits but that's his mentality man yeah. he, I mean he's DBs are bouncing right off him in the linebackers air. too <laughs> Yeah, I'm watching. I'm like, oh my god! I went back and I'm watching the highlights. I'm like, this, this, this dude is just a beast. You know, McCaffrey beast. I mean, the, in the trenches, that's when you win. I don't care if it's high school, college, or the pros. Yep. And they got manhandled last night. Um, you mentioned Washington, and I said before the season, it's going to be interesting to watch because I thought Ron Rivera was on the hot seat, and now you've got Eric Bieniemy getting under out of Andy Reid's shadow. And the first thing I mentioned is, hey, even if they're two and four, but they're scoring 25 points and this kid, Hal, looks good, We get you got to start to give the credit to the enemy. I, I don't, we talk about the Dion effect in college, which we'll talk about later on, but can we talk about the be enemy effect right now? Because they're putting up points and this quarterback looks like he's legit. Yeah, for sure. Got to give a lot of credit to the enemy and, as we've seen the last few years, his name been dropped in head coaching positions. And I think everything happens for a reason and his work is going to work out for him as um, I believe he knows it will. And like you said, getting under that shadow, get a chance to kind of branch out, do his own thing, build his own kind of network of coaches. Cause that's a thing when coaches go and, you know, interview, you gotta have a, you gotta have a staff ready <laughs> on paper to show, which right. a lot of people say, maybe he didn't have that, but regardless to say he's doing a great job. And I think the proof is in the pudding. You see what he's putting out there. His resume is on the field. It's Sam Howell right now is his latest res resume addition. And that yeah. offense, as you said, they've drafted, once again, drafted well. Talent on the outside, inside. And the quarterback was the piece they've been missing. And so far, it looks like they got their guy. And it's it's fun to watch. My guy, Jahan Dotson's out there. Scary Terry. Yep. Tight ends. Good stable backs. It's definitely... Long as Howell keeps playing how he is, it's, it'll be uh, interesting down the stretch. Young quarterbacks, right? So you get the tight end, you get the ground game, you get your defense to bail you out. Uh, you don't make a ton of mistakes. And what happens is each passing series, you just get more and more confident. Yep. And that's exactly what this kid is playing with, a boatload of confidence. Uh, they might be that sneaky team you know, that we blink and they might be right there in playoff contention. They played hard last year and were right there until they lost to the Giants. And then you got the Cowboys and uh, your guy, uh, Michael Parsons, who I love the fact, man. Thanks for coming out and defending my guy, Danny Nichols. I, I can appreciate that. <laughs> uh, how much of a loss is Diggs? I mean, and this is no disrespect. He's a very good player, but he ain't Micah Parsons, right? So, when you kind of take a step back and you look at this and say defensively, how much do they lose? Yeah, I think it's definitely still a big blow. I mean, he's one of the best out there. Young cornerback, size, length, speed, ball skills. We see it all. 
And I think it just goes back to that mentality of how they play, how the Dallas defense plays. And obviously, like you said, he's no Michael Parsons. We know that D-line is probably the strongest, you know, group on the field. But it all ties in together. When you got yeah. guys that rush like that, and then you got a guy that can go pluck a ball and guard anyone on the field, you play a little more loose and you're more confident in some of these um, pressure packages and playing man-to-man and certain zone concepts. So everything I've been hearing, he really took a step this year, was a captain, named the captain, his leadership, and just his kind of attention to detail on every little thing. Uh, so it's definitely sad to see, you know, Godspeed to him. But I don't think they, with that being said, I don't think the Cowboys will change their scheme of, um, and mentality. But obviously you got a ball hawk back there. Yep. Definitely can swing swing some games uh, for you, so that it definitely hurts. I think it puts a little more pressure on the pass rush, right? The guys up front too to get to the quarterback as the season goes on, and you're taking on teams that have you know better quarterbacks than they've seen over the last couple weeks. Um, I still think they will be okay. It's just when they get into the postseason, what the hell is the quarterback going to do, and what the hell is the head coach going to do, yeah. right? I mean that's. That's kind of the caveat of your Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, <laughs> and the other thing is too, right? That happened on one-on-one drills, man. And a lot of people are coming out saying, well, why are you still doing those in practice once the season starts? Is that the norm or is that um, not normal? Yeah, I saw that. Um, it's definitely a lot heavier during camp and you're trying to figure out guys that can, you know, who can really, you know, strap up. But from my experience, it's not that uncommon of a thing. I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you know, sharpening your knife every day. That's the point. Get ready for game day. And, yeah, it may not be a whole 20-minute period like in training right. camp, but I think you still you still line up, you know, go against guys, and just to stay sharp because, as we know, the best of the best is coming every Sunday. I wasn't too mad at hearing that, but. what What's what's going on with your uh, your Cincinnati, your Cincinnati squad, man? I had them, by the way, B, I had them going to the Super Bowl against the Lions. I figured mm. if there was ever a time, it was going to be now, and maybe I should have backed off a little bit or not backed my play because Burrow has that calf injury, and now it's starting to re-aggravate himself. It looks like he might not be out uh, on Monday night. I mean, you know, cause panic button time? I think I'll, I'll wait till this game until <laughs> I press any – get even close to pressing the, the panic button. Yeah, I'm hedging. Only because Burrow has proved himself to me to be one of those guys, like, don't count him out, you know. Don't count him out, especially with the weapons we know they have on offense. And the defense, I think, is good. Could they use another piece? I think losing those two safeties, man, really hurts. It's one of those deals where you, you, you like – if I'm a Cincinnati fan, I'd like to shell out some money and either keep those guys yes. – or one of them at least, or bringing another vet kind of equal status, equal levels. So that definitely hurts on the defensive end. And you see those guys, or at least Jesse Bates or Atlanta, is paying out already. He's been balling out first few weeks. But I think Cincinnati, I'm not going to count them out yet. But we do have to be careful with Joe Burrow and his calf. As a myself who's strained my left calf more than a few times, and we saw what happens with KD, it's very possible. That's the one thing they say. It can lead to an Aaron Rodgers injury, you know, the further go down the leg it goes. That's that's it's a great point because I thought the Rodgers injury was almost like the precursor from him tweaking his calf in training camp. And a lot of people were coming out saying the field, the turf, look, you've got the weather. You know, they're talking about 
the play call and now the assistant comes out and says it's my fault or the quarterback should have got rid of it or they shouldn't have tried to check. It's football, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it happened. Saquon twisted up his ankle right on grass, yeah. you know, unfortunate with Chubb, which was a horrible injury. You know, you feel for these guys, but it's football. You know this. I mean, it's just any given play. It can be non-contact to be going across the middle. And from your point, you know, you're talking about the quarterback position where you're stepping back, you're, you know, you're planting, you're, you're moving around. Uh, there's a lot of stress yeah. that's put back there. So that's tough, man. I mean, I, I, I believe that their window is just like Buffalo's window. Like they're right there, but they just, for some reason, maybe, maybe Cincinnati this year because of the injuries, you know, Buffalo and Allen and Diggs maybe going at it. I don't know, but those two teams, their window is right there because Kansas City eventually is going to figure it out and they're going to go on a run and they'll rip off six, seven uh-huh. games in a row and they'll win their 12, 13 and they'll get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. But Buffalo and Cincinnati, I think that window is shrinking and shrinking right now for them, an opportunity to get to the Super Bowl and win it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, and just go back to the injury thing, even with Trayvon Diggs, I mean, with the one on ones, it's football. These things can happen at any moment. If it wasn't then, it could have been any play on the game day or any practice play really is I've I was behind a guy who popped his Achilles in practice on grass and we were just running conditioning drills so it's like it can happen anytime but to get back to Buffalo and Cincinnati I mean you said it I don't think the window is closing because they have these elite quarterbacks I won't say that so you always have a chance but to keep the roster, you know, as strong as it is with the guys they have now, for sure. And that'll be up to management and front office to kind of bolster the roster around these great quarterbacks because obviously they need it. Whether And it's different for different teams. You know, Joe Burrow's been running around a lot his career, taking a lot of hits at somewhere you might want to bolster. You know, as far as the Bills, I'm not sure what they really need. I feel like the roster looks good on paper. They just got to get it all together. Uh, on Sundays, put it all together. But you got those two quarterbacks, man. Anything is possible. So going back to the quarterback position for a second, when you look at Josh Allen, he's extremely immensely, he's a talented quarterback, extremely athletic, strong arm, big kid. But 42 turnovers in 50 games, you, you can't be that good and talented and make those type of decisions. I'm wondering how much of the fact that Brian Dable's now with the Giants and he's struggling a little bit. Do we, is there a correlation to that or it's just maybe trying to do too much bad decision-making? I think there's always a little bit of a correlation, maybe not a hundred percent causation, but you know, I always said, what's a player without a coach? What's a coach without a player? I mean, this is the game we play. And obviously, you know, with the turnovers, it's tough because the more I listen to quarterbacks, you know, talking to the guys I know and everything like that, obviously everyone is super confident. You have to be at that level, especially at quarterback. But I think where a coach could help them is kind of helping them not hurt themselves with the play calling and things mm-hmm. of that nature, establishing more of a run game. Yep. I know we're going to get into Penn State, but that's everything I've been hearing and learning about kind of acclimating the young kid Drew they have now is kind of ease them into it. And it's hard to do that with a four-year quarterback, you know, Allen. It's like, how are you going to ease him into a game? But I think the play call and establish more of a run game and more of a balanced attack can help him kind of lose out on the um, 
kind of the bonehead plays that he may throw or do. <laughs> that's 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 uh not burying you know your your yeah. NFL brethren on that one. <laughs> you can leave that up to me. Um, Brandon Bell, kind enough to join us, a uh, former Penn State uh, standout linebacker. NFL linebacker as well. Uh, we'll get to Penn State in a moment. I have to do it. I, I do want to ask you with the Jets real quick, yep. um, kind of make that transition to quarterback play. And Zach Wilson, look, you're a defensive guy. You look at the Jets right now on paper, and we saw it last year. You just needed a competent quarterback. Go back to that New England game. They lost on a punt return. They mustered zero offense. As a player, when you're in that locker room, and I know you can't speak for those players, but mm-hmm. on the defensive side of the ball, do you kind of look around and say to yourself, man, all we need, get us to 17 points, 20 points, and we'll do the rest. Like, do you start to sense frustration building up? Because I don't think this kid could play. I, I don't, I'm not trying to bury the kid. I, I just, I, there'll be a spot, a series where he looks competent and then, either running for his life or three picks in the fourth quarter, bad decision-making. And I know the head coach has to stand up there and protect his unit, protect his soldiers. Right. But last year, you had guys walking around with Mike white shirts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's a horrible look. So in that locker room, do you think there's a little grumbling going on? Uh, For sure. I mean, if not now, if, the play continues it definitely will be because obviously you just want to be competitive on Sundays give us a chance to win as you said and it's tough because they've already backed them they're still behind them and ultimately as a coach I mean what else are you going to do because it's not like there's too many options out there you can go pick up for cheap to maybe do better maybe you can I don't know but you made an investment in this kid it seems like everything you know he was like you said looks good one series so it gives you confidence and the potential is there it's definitely tough but the defense you'll definitely hear some moaning and groaning as the season goes on if this continues i I equated it as you know when the brunette walks in the bar and you get the good lighting but then two o'clock comes and it's last (laughs) call and you know it's a business decision at that point (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i mean Got to do what you got to do. I don't know. You're if you're a coach. <laughs> I don't know. Do you right. leave the bar or do you or do you yeah. stay and find hey, out? Does he get a pass though? See, I never liked the. This is not Monday morning quarterback, and I I I came on the show and I said it months ago. Mm. Uh, I said it was going to Ed Banley. Did I know that Rogers was tearing his ACL four snaps in? No, and it's horrible because the NFL's better when he's under center, and I would have right. loved to have saw what he can do. But they put all their eggs in that basket. And I really don't think they're going to be able to recover as a franchise. I think now it's just riding it out. And if you win your seven, eight games, then Robert Sala almost looks like he's a a frigging coach of the year because you lose Rogers and you had to go back to Zach Wilson. And the reason you went and you traded for Rogers is because you didn't believe (laughs) in Zach Wilson. There's the irony. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, even just watching this past hard knocks, I mean, they said it every episode is like, Yo, we got the guy. We got the guy. Can you believe it? He's here. The so definitely took a lot of steam out of uh everything in that building. Uh, those four plays into it. I mean, but I mean, Rogers warrants that attention all to put all the eggs in that basket. So I think he'll definitely come back. People are saying he'll retire, and everyone's saying it now. But like, no, I don't. See, he can't end his career like that. 
how the Jets recoup. And as we said, every team, every year is different. That's up to management and everyone to kind of rebuild that ship and keep the dream alive of, of taking it home. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if he comes back. I mean, you would say, yeah, there's no way. Look, you played, it's the ego, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Brady didn't want to go out throwing a pick six. Mm-hmm. Favre didn't want to go out throwing a pick in overtime in the NFC championship against the giants, like players, you know, there's a pride there, but man, his age. And I know they work miracles. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's talking about listening to, to whales have sex. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what that sounds like. I don't know what that does for your Achilles. I don't want to know. But <laughs> I mean, hey, if anyone can kind of come back, shoot, I've heard reports he's thinking in a, you know, alternate on, universe man. playoffs, he could come back. But I, I see him coming back to play football again. Maybe yeah. it's not with the Jets. Yeah. Maybe it won't be the quality that we've seen him, but to all the reports, he didn't drop a step at his age now in training no, camp and no. everything like that. So we'll see. No, he's if he comes back, then then you know what? It's whatever, go dark place, finding yourself, whatever he's throwing, <laughs> yeah, throwing in the mouth and the whatever, man, smoking a joke and hey man, <laughs> let us know what 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 you're what uh what you're working with there, uh Rogers, will you? All right. Um lastly before I let you get out of here, uh all right, you can wax poetic about uh Penn State three and Iowa this weekend, right? Laying 14 and a half. Um, what's been the turnaround? What's been the difference here? Man, I think it's depth and talent and with everything, it's depth and talent, especially at the quarterback position. I think these guys are playing confident. I say it all the time. Confidence in college football especially can take any team a long way, even teams without talent. But this team is uh, stacked with it literally at every position. Finally, knocking on the door of being an elite program to sit at the table with those few teams, as we know, that are always up there. And uh, just got to put it all together on Saturday. And so far, they've been doing that. Um, I'm always happy to see they're figuring it out. You know, everything's not going to be pretty blowout. I kind of like when teams are tough because Penn State always gets the best out of any team. And But they're figuring figuring it out, you know, as they go. Little adjustments here and there. And how to play and play this and attack this and adjust to this. So I think as the bigger moments come throughout this season, I'm confident that we will be prepared. Uh, quarterbacks only taking a couple sacks, offensive line doing a good job. He hasn't turned the ball over and they're averaging about 4.7 on the ground. Right. So, you know, big yeah. 10 football We're again in the trenches, man. Uh, we're trying to run the football. Um, lastly, uh, the Deion Sanders effect, right? Coach Prime. I mean, forget about the line this week, laying 21 against Oregon. Um, I, I've said, and I've said it probably over the last seven to 10 days now, the impact, right? I mean, I'm not going to say after three games, he's the best head college, uh, the best mm-hmm. coach in college football, but I believe at this moment, he is the most impactful. He might be the most impactful coach in all of college sports. Um, at this moment, when you look at this team and the way he's been able to get these guys to jump from the transfer portal and telling these kids, Hey, you know what? Half of you aren't going to be here when we open up the season, you know, naming his son, the starter before the kid even entered, uh, the pool. And just to see, you know, how these kids play for him and respond. And they've got some frigging talent, man. You know, I, 
kicking myself. I could not stay awake. I woke up the next morning. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? They won this game. Are you kidding yeah. me? And then I went back and I watched it. I mean, it's great for college sports. It's great for college football, but you know, what type of impact in your mind has he made just not on Colorado, but also the footprint, the landscape of college football? Yeah, man, it's, it's definitely huge. And I think it's, it's ever growing still. I mean, he's just not even a year into power five college football. And we've seen what he did at the HBCU level um, in the SWAC. And we, that's the thing. Not everyone is privy to see it. Obviously, he made it more national than it ever was. But the people down there, they definitely felt it. And now we're seeing it on a national, global level. And it's 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 ever growing. I don't even know. He could take it so many different places. And maybe it's at Colorado for the rest of his career. Maybe it's somewhere else. Maybe right. I don't think it would be next level because he's said himself he enjoys yeah. impacting the kids, as we're saying. But, man, I think he's here. He's shaking it up, shake up the NCAA up a little bit more. And I'm just excited to to watch it and be a fan. I mean, these I've never been interested. before Colorado was good before really my time of uh, watching college football as a young kid or uh, yeah. really understanding it. So now it's like I never thought I'd be interested in, in Colorado, but it's go Buffs uh, every weekend. I'm, <laughs> I'm a fan. Uh, and it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it's Deion Sanders. And I don't think half of the kids really understand they don't I, I did I was young when he was in his prime no pun intended um so but I still uh know what it was all about and it's just fun to watch he's instilling belief and confidence in these kids and when he gets to the point where he has the depth and talent at every position like I'm saying as those elite teams it'll be really scary for whatever team it is uh that yep. they'll be playing yeah they arrived uh uh, very early, as we like to say, uh, Brandon Bell. Check him out on Twitter at underscore B Bell, former uh, standout linebacker, Penn State NFL as well. All right, um, I know I'm going to get you on every week talking NFL, but you you got your hand now in the cookie jar of the NBA, so that means we're going to have to start talking some hoops soon, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe. I'm still learning, still learning. I don't know if I'm as confident talking. I'll throw you softballs, man. <laughs> you know, I'll give you like a clear shot to the quarterback. How's that? Okay, okay, cool. cool. But what do you tell everyone what you're doing right now? Yeah, I'm working with the NBA, the broadcast division, so helping, you know, bring the, the games we see on TV, you know, um, executing that plan and things of that nature. And it's been fun. It's been fun. Definitely uh, switch sports a little bit, but basketball, you know, always been, you know, right behind football for me and just trying to do as much as I can out there. Love it, man. Keep up the grind. We always appreciate you jumping on for a couple moments. Can't wait to get you on throughout the uh, college football and NFL season, but always great insight, brother. Appreciate you jumping on today. Thank you. Appreciate you having me.